Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway North Church based out of Winnipeg, Canada. Your Sunday sermon, any day of the week. We've been working our way through Hebrews chapter 11 in a series on by faith. And so we're going to keep going through the next few verses this morning in a sermon that I'm calling Famous Last Words. Famous Last Words. As you know, many of you, some of you know, um, my dad passed away during COVID. And so I'd seen him, thankfully, in the fall. Um, And then in the May uh, of that year of 2020, uh, he suddenly went downhill very fast. And we knew he was going downhill. And so um, everybody in England at the time was isolated. But some of my family were able to get up and be with him. Um, And we were wrestling through over whether I should go, but there were some huge complicating factors in it. One of them being that the government of Canada were saying you shouldn't be flying, and so nobody was giving insurance uh, to cover um, health issues. I had a health problem at the time, a heart problem, which thankfully got solved a few months later. Um, But I had issues that it would have been difficult if I'd caught something. But then obviously there's the whole issue of getting COVID. And do I go home to my dad who's extremely sick through airports and everything at the time where, uh, you know, there's a lot of worry around COVID sort of issues. And so at the end of it all, and in the midst of an awful lot of emotional turmoil and wrestling, um, we decided that I shouldn't go home which would have been very difficult for me to do anyway, and I'd have had to isolate on either end, and I don't know if I'd even be able to see them. And then all of a sudden, my dad passed away. Got a phone call one morning, and and dad's gone. And it was just like, oh my goodness. Um, And then there was the whole piece about the funeral, and being able to go to the funeral and everything, and not being able to do that, and you understand what life was like in those days. But you can imagine how that sort of left me feeling in the middle of all of that, sort of helpless, and, and, and did you make the right decision? Did you do the right things um, by, by what should have happened? Should you have handled it differently? Well, my dad left me a gift. Because the last words my dad said to me that I can remember, uh, we were on the phone together. He, had him, he was on his bed, and they had the video camera, and I was talking to my dad. Um, and my dad said to me in his weak voice near the end, he said, Peter, you made the right decision. That was the last thing my dad said to me. I took that as a blessing, not just on what I'd done to stay home um, with my family um, and not put them at risk by traveling, but it was more than that because I'd left mum and dad when I was 29 um, to move to Canada. I'd left all my family. Julia's left all her family. They're all home in England. And, um, you know, that, that has repercussions for everybody. And um, I'm very grateful for the family we have here in Winnipeg. And my family in England are grateful for the family I have here in Winnipeg. But we're, we're miles away from everyone. Julia's back home at the moment visiting family that she hasn't been able to see because we went home last year. But we got COVID. And so even though we were home, we couldn't actually see a lot of our relatives. And those we could see, we had to see physically distanced. And so it was all a little awkward. Um, but thankfully, Julia's having a good time with family now. But I took those words from my dad, not just about, Peter, you made the right decision, because I, I know my dad, and he was saying more than just, you, it, was, it was the right thing not to come and, and try and come out and see me. He was actually saying, Peter, you made the right decision by moving to Canada. You were following the Lord, you were doing what God told you to do, and I bless, I bless that. 
Now, he didn't say those things, but I knew that was in his words. You can imagine what those words did for me. What they settled in my heart. That is the blessing of a godly father. And I'm so grateful for those words. I I remember them. Every now and again, they come back to me. In Hebrews chapter 11, God commends three men for their famous last words. And we're going to read them today. And that's in Hebrews 11, and we're going to start to read where we left off last week in verse 20. So we're going to read verse 20 and to 22. By faith, Isaac, he's the first one, invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. Now, I've had a lot of fun spending time in these verses over the last few weeks, wrestling through, well, Lord, what do you want to say to us out of, out of these verses? Because there's a number of things that, that hit you as you read them. You think, okay, so um, Isaac had this life where he, he trusted God and he was a prayer. He'd got his dad's um, heart for prayer and he prayed and God answered his prayers uh, and he saw God's blessing come to him in his generation. There are things that you could say if you're going to bless Isaac in Hebrews chapter 11 for his faithful in his life. Jacob the same. Jacob was a, a worshiper. Jacob was one of those folks who were talking about offering the tithe who said to the Lord, listen, I'm going to go away to a foreign land and when I come back, if you bless me, I will give you a tenth of everything you give me. That was the heart of Jacob. And uh, yeah, we know these people had problems, but they also uh, walked in faith and they did amazing things through their faith. And Joseph, even more so, went from the pit all the way to being the second ruler of Egypt and God blessed his life and he expressed faith in so many different ways But when it comes to Hebrews 11 and God's commending them on their faith, he doesn't mention any of those things, which is what I would have done. By faith, Isaac did this, this, and this. By faith, Jacob did this, and by faith, Joseph did this, 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 and this, this, this. And God doesn't mention any of those things, which is interesting, isn't it? Because all he talks about is their famous last words. He commends them for the last words that are recorded in the Bible that they said. Now, we know that Joseph's was said on his deathbed. We know that Jacob's was said just as he was dying as well. Isaac, he probably lived, he did live a number of years after he said these words, but we don't have any of those words recorded in Scripture. They're commended for the last words that they spoke that are recorded in the Scripture. And what were those words and why were they by faith? Well, they're interesting words in themselves. Because it says here that by faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. There's some interesting storylines behind all of this. So Jacob and Esau were twins. But Esau came out first. So he was the firstborn son that should have had all the firstborn blessings. Jacob came out second. But God spoke to his mother And said, Jacob actually will have like the firstborn blessing. And so the mother kept that in her heart. And instead of talking to her husband about it, 
and sharing a heart with a husband and helping a husband to find the, the word of God and understand that actually it was Jacob who needed to have the firstborn blessing. She decided instead she wouldn't tell him, which is not a good way of handling things, and she was going to trick him. So when Isaac was older and his eyes were dim, he was nearly blind, and he was going to give out his blessing. He said to his oldest son, go out there and you hunt some game. He loved to eat game and and stew that came from game. He said, bring it home and make the stew and I will give you the blessing. And Rebecca heard this and she thought, oh my goodness, he's going to give the blessing to the wrong son. And so she decided, again, instead of talking to Isaac and explaining what God had said to her and doing it the right way, she ended up doing it the wrong way. And she dressed Jacob up like Esau, complete with hairy arms and smells and everything else. And she cooked up some stew herself, and she fooled her husband into giving the blessing to the wrong son in terms of who was actually firstborn. And so Isaac blessed Jacob with the firstborn blessing. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau, but he got the wrong one. Why are we looking at this in Hebrews 11, like God's commending this guy's faith? And then Esau comes through the door, and Isaac realizes he's been tricked, and Esau's really upset, and he's like, Dad, is there not a blessing for me? I've been tricked. And and, and Isaac says, yeah, and, and that blessing that I spoke on Jacob, I can't take that back. That blessing is going to remain on him, but I've got a blessing for you as well, and he blessed Esau. But you can understand, that's a bit of an interesting storyline, right? Well, it gets even more interesting in the next generation, because along comes Jacob. Remember, he's the second born who's received the firstborn's blessing, and he has 11 sons. He actually blessed the fourth son with the firstborn blessing this time. Because the first three sons messed up, so he passed it on to Judah, who was the fourthborn. But that's not what he's commended for here. He's commended for actually blessing two sons that weren't even his sons. And if you've, there's a test at the end of all of this, so you have, to, you have to keep following along. Ephraim and Manasseh were Joseph's sons. But he took Joseph's sons as his own. He had 11 And then he took Joseph's sons as his last two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, and he blessed them. And again, his eyes were dim, like his dad's eyes could be. And Joseph brought the two sons to him, but he could see enough that he knew which son was which. And so Joseph brought them to him, and and Joseph put Ephraim on his left side, And he put Manasseh, who was the firstborn, on the right side. So Manasseh was going to get the right hand and the firstborn blessing. And Ephraim was going to get the left hand and the secondborn blessing. But Jacob, being Jacob, went like this. (laughs) And he swapped his hands over. And he put his right hand on Ephraim, the younger. And he blessed the secondborn with the firstborn blessing. And he blessed Manasseh, who was the firstborn, with another blessing. And Joseph was upset. You say he was angry. And he tried to get a hold of his hands and said, Dad, shift your hands onto the other side. And Jacob said, no, my son. This is the way it should be. And by faith, he prayed the firstborn blessing onto the second son. 
He did it because he was in touch with what God was saying from heaven. He was in a place of worship, it tells us afterwards, and he worshipped as he leaned on the head of his staff. Joseph, it said Joseph wasn't blessing his son, but he said at the end of his life he made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. So they're interesting stories. Joseph actually blessed his brothers. And he was way down the list in terms of the numbers that were born. He was the 10th born. But he blessed his brothers and the rest of his family. And we'll come back to that story in a little bit. And talked about something that was going to happen in the future when the Israelites would come up out of Egypt. So why are these people commended for faith in speaking out these blessings over the people? What can we learn from that for us ourselves about how we live today? Why were they commended? Well, first of all, they were commended because they spoke God's words. They spoke God's words. They didn't just make up something out of whatever fatherly motivation they had to bless their sons with what they wanted to bless their sons with. Whatever they thought in their heart they'd like their sons to have, that's what they blessed them with. No, they blessed their sons, if you read the stories, in accordance with the word that God had spoken to them. If you go all the way back in history, Abraham had been given a promise, a set of promises actually. As we looked at last week, those promises were to come through Isaac. They were promises of a special relationship of God, of being a special people. They were promises of being brought into a special land. They were promises of blessing the nations, being a great nation and blessing the nations of the earth. And when Isaac went to bless Jacob and Esau, he passed the blessing of Abraham onto Jacob and Esau. He blessed them not with his own imaginations or with his own emotive words. He blessed them with the words that God had given him. This is what he spoke particularly over Jacob. God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you. Exactly the same as the words to Abraham. That you may become a company of peoples, a great nation. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. So he's saying the promise that God gave to Abraham, the word that Abraham was walking with, that he'd become a great nation, God would give him a land and a place where he would be a resting place. I pass that blessing onto you. So he's speaking the words that God gave him. Okay? And Jacob did the same thing when it came to Ephraim and Manasseh. This is what he said, listen, as he prayed over them. The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked. So already he's referring back to his forefathers. The God who's been my shepherd all my life. It's a beautiful, beautiful blessing. This Long to this day. The angel who has redeemed me from all evil. Bless the boys. And in them let my name be carried on and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Was that 
fanciful thinking. I, I want them to be a great nation. I want them to influence. No, they, they were passing on the words of God to their sons. They were blessing them with what God had already said. And Joseph did the same thing because when he blessed about the people coming up out of Egypt, God had already said to Abraham, your your descendants are going to go down to Egypt and after so many years I'm going to bring them back. And so he could bless his sons in faith in what God had said because he knew God had said it. They understood their place, which was not as a father or as one who wanted to bless, making up something that we want to bless our children with in the hope that they're going to become that. They had a word from God that had been passed down through the generations, and they passed on the word of God to their sons. They knew their place. Let me give you another way of looking at that. In John chapter 1, Jesus is introduced to us as the Word of God. He is the Logos, the Word of God. Along comes John the Baptist. And they want to know who John the Baptist is. And they say to John the Baptist, who are you? They give him lots of options. And John comes up with one answer. He says, I am a voice. I'm a voice. The word in Greek for voice is the word Phone. That's not how they articulate it, but that's what it is. It's phone. Meaning the technology that is required to speak the words that I've been given. I'm not, I'm not creating the words. I'm not making the words up. I'm just the technology that allows the words to flow. John the Baptist says, I'm, I'm the voice crying out in the wilderness. I'm, the te- I'm not the Logos. Jesus is the Logos. I'm just the voice. I'm just taking the words that God gives and I'm passing them on to the generations that are coming after me. That's what Isaac and Jacob and Joseph were. They were just the phone. If you pick up the phone to listen to Isaac, Jacob and Joseph in this instant, you would be hearing the words of God. They're just the phone. I'm just the phone. I'm not here to preach my own words. I'm here to say what God says. What God has already said. And if we want to be by faith those that are blessing this generation and the generation that come. There are many words in our generation. Many, many words. Our young people's ears are full of words. From all sorts of different places. Right? Our generation needs to hear the clear, concise word of God, maybe like never before. And our kids need to hear the clear, concise words of God like never before. We're just the phone. We don't have to make it up. We don't have to come up with something that's all very special. We just have to take what God's told us and pass it on to the generations. That's how you bless the generations by faith. Passing on the word of God. So how can, we, how can that be part of that? Well, let me say what's really simple. First of all, we need to be in the word of God. Daily. Do you, do you read your Bible daily? I want to encourage you, even if it's just a verse. Read your Bible daily. 
Get it into your hearts. Get it into your system. If you don't have the Bible, the Word of God in your system, you have nothing to say to this generation. Really? They don't want to hear our opinions. They need to hear the Word of God. Get it into our heart. Be asking the Lord, you know, you've got kids of your own or grandkids or whatever. What, what can I speak into my children? What can I speak into my grandchildren, my nephews, my nieces, the people around? What can I speak into them that is a true blessing from God? Speak into them the very words of God. Ask the Lord, speak to me. Lord, give it. Does it line up with Scripture? Maybe ask somebody around you who's a godly person. You know, I've got this thing on my heart. Is this God? Is it really God? The prophet Balaam was hired by a king called Balak to curse God's people. He refused to do it. Balak would have made Balaam so rich he probably wouldn't have had to work another day in his life. I'll give you all this wealth. Just curse them. And... Balaam's like, I can't curse them. And he asks them this question. Have any, have he, he says, have I any power of my own to say anything? The word that God puts in my mouth, that must I speak. Now there's a word for the church for our generation. Stop throwing out your opinions. Stop ranting about this, that and the other. Have we any power of our own to say anything? The word that God puts in our mouth, that is what we must speak. That is why these people by faith were commended, because they spoke God's word. But secondly, they spoke God's word with God's heart. If you speak God's words without God's heart, you will be in danger of sounding like a Pharisee. Because that's what they did. They could could beat you with the word of God. Load you up with burdens that you couldn't carry and not lift a finger to help you. Because they didn't have the heart of God to go with the words of God. And church, we need the word of God. Very clear if we're going to bless our generation. But we need to release it with the heart of God. And what was the heart of God that was released by these men? Well, they blessed. And God wants to bless people. They bless people. We... Through Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, brought curses upon ourselves. We live outside of Jesus Christ under the curses of sin and death and judgment and disease and sickness and all of those things that came with the curse. But God, right from the beginning, said, I want to find a way of blessing people. That's God's heart. We bring the curse upon ourselves, it is God's curse. But God wants to bless us. God wants to bless everyone. I want to bless you, Abraham, he says, so that all the nations of the earth may be blessed through you. 
God wants to bring us into his blessings. That's the first thing about their heart. They understood that God wanted to bless. But then the second thing was that they understood that those blessings were undeserved. Let me unpack that for you again, just picking up the stories I was telling you before. Jacob got a blessing by trickery. He didn't deserve it at all. But when Isaac realized he'd put it on Jacob instead of Esau, he wouldn't withdraw the blessing because he recognized God had done something in the midst of all the trickery. But Jacob did not deserve the firstborn blessing, but he got it. Ephraim didn't deserve the firstborn blessing because he was the secondborn son. But he got the firstborn blessing even though he was a secondborn son. And the greatest one of all for me, Joseph prophesied over his brothers that God would visit them. Let me read that to you. Genesis 50. Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will visit you. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the people who threw him in a pit. He's talking to the people who sold him down to Egypt and then went back and told his dad that he'd been mauled by creatures and showed him this nice coat covered in blood. That's who he's talking to. He's talking to the people who've betrayed him, that cost him years of his life with his father. Are we understanding? He blessed his undeserving brothers with a visitation from God with his dying breath. That is faith. Isn't it? I don't even know how he got his emotions into that place. But he did it by faith because he knew it was what God wanted to do. God had promised they're going to go down to Egypt and they're going to come back up. And Joseph prophesied that into them even though they did not deserve it. It's wonderful that God wants to bless us. Many of us would disqualify ourselves from the blessing before it even comes. These people understood. God blesses the undeserving. That's why we're all here today. None of us deserve God's blessing. Maybe you don't know God at all today. You're thinking, I, I want to live under the blessing of God, but my life is so, is so far away from him. It's so, there's no way I can get close, but God wants to bless the undeserving. He blesses us when we most need it. He blesses us when we're most far away from him. He comes looking for us to bless us. This is the heart of God. This is the heart that our words, when we speak them to our generation and to the people around us, need to be soaked in. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world. 
I came that through me they might have life. I want to bless the world. And however undeserving they are, I have come to lay my life down for them. Thank the Lord he did. Oh, for a church that speaks the words of God clearly, concisely the way that it is. With the heart of God. To bless the nations of the earth. Even though none of us deserve it. And the blessing that they gave the undeserved was the firstborn's blessing. Jacob didn't deserve a firstborn's blessing. Ephraim didn't deserve a firstborn's blessing. But they got it anyway. The greatest of all blessings. Let me read to you from Ephesians. Chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. What sort of blessing do we live under? The blessing of the second, the blessing of the third, the blessing of whatever it might be. No. In Christ, we live under the firstborn blessing. Not because of anything we did, but because this is the way God wants it. And when we are brought into relationship with God through Jesus Christ, he sees us in his son. He sees us in Christ. And in Christ, all the blessings of the firstborn blessing come to us. Let me continue to read. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in heaven and earth under him. In him we have obtained an inheritance, a firstborn inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. In Christ, we are the recipients of God's firstborn blessing. Not second best, third best, fourth best, fifth best. His firstborn blessing. And it lines up with all of the blessings that he spoke all the way, all the way back to Abraham and even beyond to Noah and before him even to Adam and Eve. That he wants to create a nation of people 
who he wants to bless so that they will bless the earth. All nations on earth will be blessed. We receive blessing, we pass it on to others. We've been brought into the fullness of who Christ is, not the part of what Christ is. We've been brought into the fullness of who he is and all that he has given and all that he has released. We are blessed people. We are so richly blessed. No one in all heaven and earth is more blessed than we are. There's not many amens and hallelujahs. There's a few. Don't you realize? All things in heaven and earth have been given to Jesus Christ. He owns it all. He rules the nations. He rules the sovereign universe. He holds it all together by the power of his hand. And we are in Christ. And all the blessings of the Father that he released on his Son, we get to live under. Not because we deserve it, but because we have a God who wants to bless us. And when we line up our hearts and our lives with the word that he speaks to us, and we repent of those things that are wrong that keep us from outside of his love and his grace, and we put our faith in this Jesus Christ, that his death and resurrection to washes away my sin, takes away the things that I've done wrong, brings me back into relationship with God and moves me back into that place of the firstborn son where I can receive those blessings all by the grace and the kindness of God. Then our position is moved from the cursed to the blessed, from the unblessed to the most wonderfully blessed, abundantly blessed of God. Let me bring this into land. So Peter, what do I do with this? Okay. Here's a few things. Can I speak to all the fathers in the house? Can I speak to all the men in the house? You might not be a father, but you can be a father to people. Men, bless your children. Bless them. Bless them with the words of God. Even if they don't deserve it. If they're God's words, they're true. Bless them. Bless them with the words of God given with the heart of God. Speak truth into your children. You know, you have moments to do that and then those moments are gone. Use them when you have them. Ask the Lord, Lord, how do you want me to bless? There is something powerful about a father's blessing. The world says dads don't speak. You mess it up. God says dads speak. Open your mouths and speak. Speak the word of God. Speak it with the heart of God. Speak it into your children and your children's children and into this generation that's so desperately lost because they've lost track of what God actually says. Men speak. But all of us can bless. Some of you young people here today, your class at school, there are probably people who would love to hear a blessing. 
There are kids that go through school life and all they hear is negative stuff. Criticism. Be careful what comes out of your mouth. Speak what builds people up, not what tears people down. Bless people. Right? Encourage them, strengthen them, and bless them mostly by speaking the words of God into their heart. You know, God loves you. I know you can be a royal pain sometimes, and so can I be, but God loves you, and he created you with a purpose and a destiny. And if you want to find out what God has for your life, you need to come into relationship with him and find him because he has such a destiny for you, and he wants to bless you, and he wants to bless your life. Speak the words of God. We can all bless. And I want to encourage you today in the power of your speaking and the power of your words. Remember how this chapter started out. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. That's how powerful the word is. Created and sustained by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Joseph spoke words out to his brother that took 400 years to come to pass. He spoke what wasn't. But it was the word of God. So it was going to come to be. Jacob spoke out words over his other sons that took 800 years to come to pass. A king over Israel. It wasn't. It didn't exist. But it was the word of God and he spoke it into his generation. And 800 years later it came to pass. Think about that. That's why it's by faith. That's astonishing. And some of those words that they spoke are still yet to come pass Jesus ruling the nations from sea to sea and from shore to shore it will happen it will come to pass we can speak it into our generation into the generations that are coming after because it's the true words of God to all generations your words have power so use them to speak life And speak blessing. And speak God. His words and his heart. Thank you for tuning in to the Gateway North podcast. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from God's word. To find out more about Gateway Church, head to gatewaywinnipeg.com.